Hello and welcome to the Foundation IT Podcast, where we look at the myriad issues and problems faced by IT teams as they strive to cope with the ever-changing world of computer tech and communications, and the demands and expectations of a COVID-gripped workforce. This podcast is brought to you by Foundation IT, who supply managed IT infrastructure to the corporate world. In this episode, we want to look at an area of IT that is causing plenty of discussion and technical headaches at the moment, and that's the issue of hybrid working that seems to be coming inexorably down the line for many companies as they emerge from lockdown and consider the options of the new home and office working reality. My name is Dave Harris, and joining me today to talk about this issue and the potential problems and pitfalls it places on IT professionals, I have two expert guests. Mike Starnes is Head of Client Services at Foundation IT. He comes from a background in sales, marketing and operations, and as Head of Client Services he must ensure the technology a client business uses is fit for purpose and enables them to focus on what they do best. Toby Skerritt is Principal Consultant at Foundation IT. That means he has ultimate responsibility for the technical side of the complex technologies and procedures that run their clients' managed IT services. He's been in IT since 2000, so brings a wealth of technical know-how and experience to the table. Gentlemen, thank you very much for joining me. I wonder whether we could start by just defining our terms a little bit. I mean, what do we actually mean by a hybrid workplace? Mike, perhaps you could tell us that. Very unlike the IT world to give us another sort of buzzword phrase, isn't it, of hybrid working. I would define it as giving users the the opportunity to have a flexible working environment so be that they want to work in the office at home in a hotel room but it's it's really removing the four walls of the office as being the place of work for me okay and toby from your point of view from a more technical point of view when you hear the term hybrid workplace what do you think about very similar to, to mike's definition there users demand now the ability to work both in the office and at home um, and the corporate network needs to be defined in a way that we can manage either devices or that user experience, whether they're in the office or at home, apply policies and ensure that everything the users are doing are meeting corporate security requirements. Okay, so we've established what hybrid working is, but Mike, you know, it's easy to say, of course, isn't it? And, and of course, many of us have been forced into this home working environment over the last year. What are the sort of challenges operational challenges that are faced by your clients you know as a result of this at a business level like you say we've been forced into this situation where the government has said work from home if you can and businesses have done very well often cobbling solutions together and policies together in terms of the way that people should work to enable that to happen there are a myriad of challenges with setting people up to work from home. Before we even start thinking about the technology, not everybody has got an appropriate environment to work from home. They don't have the right office space. They don't have the right technology at home. don't have the, the correct broadband speeds. They perhaps have small children running around. And that's uh, always very interesting when you're trying to host a professional meeting. You've got kids, dogs and what have you running in. And the, the operational challenge of, of managing staff that perhaps need more guidance or management when they're not in the office 
are challenges that a business have, has to, to try and meet when you're forced into a position to work from home. If it becomes policy that you say, we're going to embrace this hybrid working scenario, which many businesses, high profile businesses, I think Twitter have said, we're never going back to the office, right? It's, it's work from home forever. If you're enforcing that hybrid working on, on people, then you've got to have a longer term approach to setting people up to work from home, which means investing in the equipment that they use and ensuring that from a technology standpoint, you're not putting barriers in the way in terms of productivity. You're not saying, well, you can't do that because that creates a security barrier, that creates a security concern for us. Um, you have to give them full access to the applications and the data and the materials, resources that they need to do their jobs. Conversely, the IT team are going to say, well, hang on a minute, this opens up all sorts of doors from a risk perspective. How do we solve that particular conundrum? We're going to be saying that people can work using perhaps their own devices or we give we issue them a corporate device, assuming you can find one. So, I mean, there's obviously lots in that, Dave, that, that businesses need to, to accommodate. But I think that from a technology standpoint, just facilitating that, that or bridging that security gap is one part of the, the IT manager's headache right now. So, Toby, Mike mentioned technology there. And I wonder whether, you know, one of the first things that companies need to really look at is is the sort of technology they have at the moment, because presumably it's not necessarily their, their sort of legacy systems are not necessarily going to be suitable for hybrid working. So there may be there may be investments involved here that they haven't really perhaps they haven't even thought through yet. Uh, and their IT department will sort of come to them and, and they're going to get a bit of a surprise. Do you think that's I mean, is in your experience, is that sort of thing happening? Yeah, I think that's absolutely true, Dave. And, and as you'd expect, I see it from a more technical perspective than, than Mike does. Um, we have quite a lot of history of delivering uh, desktop virtualizations to customers. Therefore, we have experience um, of the problems that organizations encounter. But there's lots of organizations out there who prior to the pandemic never invested in any type of uh, desktop virtualization or remote working technology. So these IT organizations, these IT teams um, have been hit with a double issue really of having to work from home and deliver a service at the same time to facilitate remote working for their users. So I absolutely feel for them. Um, it's, it's an area they've never had to explore before that they've had to explore during a diff very difficult period. Yes, lots of organizations may have some form of remote desktop or remote application solution in-house but they may never have expanded that outside of the perimeter of their corporate network. They may never have had any requirement for users to work from home. And therefore, all of the security requirements and the changes to the environment that are needed uh, to facilitate that have had to be delivered during this very difficult period. So some of those t technologies are in place, I think, in organizations. Some have been put in place during the, the pandemic period. But there's certainly a case for additional investment, I think, to deliver a better, more robust remote working solution to users. You're saying that businesses haven't had to think about this before, Toby, particularly if they've got something in-house. Being able to scale that to everybody in this time, 
we know has been a real challenge you know the, the strain of being able to or, or having to expand from what, what might have been a hundred users that might be working from home every now and then to maybe a thousand businesses weren't geared up for that immediate expansion in in users user demand frankly no it's absolutely true and and buying the additional hardware uh, during this period has been uh a challenging scenario as well. Hardware production at this point is is limited. Um, we know from the news stories we've seen recently that uh, car manufacturers are not able to get chips for their uh, vehicles and, and some manufacturers are even um, stalling production. So yeah, during the period of the pandemic, delivering additional on-premise hardware to gear up to an additional 1,000 users, let's say, would have been a, a doubly challenging. And presumably, Toby, again, from a technical point of view, the emergency nature of what happened a year ago and the sudden sort of almost forcing, well, it was forcing companies to suddenly become uh, very different organisations, presumably that emergency nature and the speed at which that had to happen, that must have caused a lot of headaches. And, and presumably, you know, companies might have made mistakes as well and might have kind of, you know, had to take shortcuts just to keep working. I'm sure they have. We haven't come across any particularly bad ones, but I'm sure there will be some of, of significant concern that have been taken uh, among organisations who just, as you say, need to keep people working, keep um, the income coming in for the organisation. And sometimes you have to take those decisions. There are a whole range of technologies that you can use to facilitate home working, some far more complicated than others. In our instance, we're, we're generally keen to uh, espouse the benefits of um, desktop virtualization because we think it's a simple technology um, that you can deliver quickly and maintain the security requirements around your corporate desktop. But solutions such as uh, VPN access and managing um, or attempting to put some layer of management onto the home user's uh, wireless network, for example, these are all things that we've come across, which in, in my view complicate what is already a difficult solution. Mike, I wonder um, when we talk about hybrid working, obviously we're hoping that, that the world is going to start to return to some sort of new normality uh, in the not too distant future. And, um, and obviously some people will look forward to getting back to the office. I mean, are we certain that, that hybrid working is going to be this huge thing that we think it is? I mean, is that, is that, a, is that a given, do you think? I think it's highly likely. Nobody quite knows, and I think people are tired of guessing as to what might happen next in, in the pandemic situation. Some companies have already been very public about their desire to provide this hybrid or flexible working to their users, regardless of what happens next with the pandemic. And some of these are, are very big employers. I know we as an organisation have not mandated the requirement for anybody to come back to the office when it's open we will provide users with the choice so just thinking about foundation it and the way we're going to approach this if i think about the people that i know if i think about foundation it if i think about our clients most of the people i talk to love the flexibility that working from home has offered uh, it's more time with the family it's less of a commute i don't think anybody misses those aspects of going into the office but there's lots about the office that people do enjoy and miss um, such as the ability to work more closely with 
with colleagues, to meet with clients, to do those things that you can't do very easily virtually. We all miss those things. And just having the choice, frankly, to not be in the four walls of your house, I think is a rewarding experience. I think we're looking forward to having the best of both worlds, though, where we have the choice to go in and meet with our peers, our colleagues, do our team meetings, that type of thing, meet with our clients in offices, but also spend more time with the family, reduce the productivity drain that the commute has on our on our time. And I know of at least one organisation that's seen it as a very big opportunity to save them a significant portion of money. Financial institution have got 27 offices in the UK. They plan to shut half, which will give them a £10 million a year saving. They have just also recorded their best ever year. So the implications of forcing people to work from home has led to greater productivity, has led to uh, the, their record financial year, and has led them to, to finding a significant cost saving in the form of real estate, which would be very hard to find in just sales alone. And Toby, that that's interesting, isn't it? You know, uh, Mike talked about the uh, you know, potentially a ten million pound saving for one large company. I mean, so presumably they could invest some of that into the into the IT infrastructure to make sure that the hybrid side of things works well. But given that you you've already mentioned, you know, things problems. Uh, that people might have with their home network, you know, slow broadband or, you know, kids playing or whatever, all those issues. But aside from those things, what are the technical challenges, you know, in terms of things like security and uh, making sure everything works as smoothly as it does if you're in the four walls of the office building? Well, the benefit of, of managing users within an office environment is that you have a walled garden, essentially. You're in total control of what goes in and what goes out of your um, office network. You can never say that, or certainly in most cases, you can't say that with your home users because you're relying on some kind of connection between your office services and your home users environment and their wireless environment, which is obviously configured by whoever their ISP is. You know, it could be BT, it could be TalkTalk, Talk, it could be a plethora of people. Now, there are solutions, there are technologies out there that will layer over a virtualized level of security to that entire chain of communication to make sure or to attempt to ensure that um, whatever the user is doing on their home device is secured and the network that the user has at home has, has the required levels of security layered over it to ensure they meet your um, corporate requirements. In a virtualized desktop scenario, essentially we're keeping the desktop within the corporate environment and just allowing people a window into it. So it simplifies, I think, the security profile for that platform in that we can just layer over the security that we already have in the office and provide a very limited layer, uh, level of connectivity back into that, that desktop. There are also obviously concerns around things like copy and paste. You know, everybody expects to be able to copy text and paste it into another location within the environment. How do we stop those blocks of data from moving from within the corporate network to the user's desktop and then potentially off to some other location and being compromised? There are technical solutions you can put in place to prevent that or at least mitigate it, but there's always going to be an element of risk. You know, if I was in the corporate environment, I couldn't necessarily prevent people from taking photographs on their phones of, of the screen that they're using um, unless I had 
you know, as, as some defence contractors might do uh, a policy in place where you're not allowed to take your mobile phone into the office or you're searched on, on entry. So there is always going to be an option to compromise the security posture of the organisation. It's how far you take that. And, and in most organisations, I think, things uh, such as disabling copy and paste, um, ensuring that you're only allowing communication on the channels that you explicitly allow, go far enough towards reaching the security posture, posture that the organisation uh, requires. And, and with a virtual desktop, are you in a situation there where it doesn't matter so much whether the user, uh, the remote user, is using their own technology, their own laptop, or, or an office-supplied one? Is, does that become less relevant with a virtual desktop? Uh, absolutely. So um, as I mentioned previously, uh, a virtual desktop just provides a window into the corporate environment. What you are no longer concerned about is uh, the security on the local endpoint. So if a virus, for example, is present on the user's desktop and you have the required security in place on the virtual desktop itself, there's no way that the virus on that endpoint can infiltrate the corporate environment. Data stays central, so in theory shouldn't leave the organisation, which I think does open it up to being able to use any device, frankly, from anywhere, which is principally certainly our goal when we're talking to clients to say, look, let's let's just not think about people working from home. Let's think about people that are working on the train that are maybe in a hotel room that maybe have just got their smartphone that need to access corporate devices. If I think about the other big challenge that I foresee with facilitating home working, security is definitely front and centre of that, making sure that we are not adding to, to what is already a very complicated cyber security landscape of keeping threats out and keeping data safe. There's a big difference between supporting perhaps 250 users that are sat in an office from a day-to-day -day BAU support perspective and supporting maybe 250 users that are all in a different location, using a different device, maybe with different broadband connections, different levels of IT knowledge when they're working from home. The other factor to this is how do the IT operations team actually go, up, go about supporting this new way of working going forward, being able to troubleshoot issues when actually some of the things they might have to support are not owned by the business. So presumably, one of the issues that you might face as a company, as an IT department in a company, is is if people are are swapping back and forward between you know working at home, say three days a week, and then coming to the office two days a week. You know, is that a relatively seamless transition from a technical point of view when you're using things like virtual desktops? You know, to to, to be working at home one day and to be working at a proper office machine the next. Well, Doug, it all comes down to correct configuration of the environment. So absolutely, it can be a seamless transition. There's no reason why a user couldn't log onto the virtual desktop and get all of their favorites and all of their documents. And then the next day work in the office on a physical machine and receive exactly the same uh, environment. But the key point there is it has to be configured correctly in the initial setup to enable those, uh, those type of things to happen. We have clients as well, Dave, that now only use the Windows virtual desktop method whether they're in or out of the office. In fact, there's, there's one organization who had a decision to make over whether they refreshed their CAD CAM 3D desktops, which would have been quite a capital expense to the business. We've set them up on a virtual desktop infrastructure, 
using some high-powered virtual desktops and they use those machines whether they're in or out of the office so for them there's no change in experience between whether they're in the, the the office they use the same method of connectivity whether they're at home or in the office and mike is it is are there, are there i mean you talk about the windows virtual desktop are, are there you know are there lots of different options in terms of the the manufacturers of the software available to companies windows or microsoft are not the only show in town it's become quite popular because many of our clients have already made an investment in either Office 365 or M365 and Windows Virtual Desktop, the licensing for that comes part of that suite. So unbeknown to many, but known to a lot, you're already licensed for the Microsoft product. Amazon have a a similar cloud-based offering to provide a desktop as a service experience. Organizations can still build their own with the two leading providers in the form of Citrix and, and VMware. So there's plenty of virtual desktop infrastructure technology that you can choose from. There's an excitement about the Microsoft product because of the way it's licensed and and also the fact that it sits on Azure means you're not having to buy hardware. It's very easy to even spin up a small pilot, pay for what you use and then tear it back down again if, if you so wish to do so. And Toby, one thing that occurs to me, I mean, if we go back to the sort of, uh, you know, the basic issues that a lot of people face with their home broadband, if you're in this Windows virtual desktop environment and your broadband goes down, do you effectively have to stop working or is there, or is there a way that you can sort of carry on offline if necessary? So broadband is a key point here. You, you will need a decent broadband connection to enable access into a remote desktop solution. But that's the same whether you're using remote desktop or whether you're using VPN. If your broadband goes down, you have no access. One of the benefits of using a virtual desktop solution is that the workspace on which you were working will remain as it was in situ until your connection reinitiates. One of the complications by using something like a VPN where you're opening document locally is that if you lose that connectivity or you you have some corruption in that connectivity you can pass corruption into the document um, or files that you're working on because it needs to communicate back to that server to save changes if you lose connection to your desktop your document just sits there waiting for you to regain access mike obviously over the last year there have been many examples of companies who've been forced to go down this route and 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 uh, have one way or another figured out how to do hybrid working in your own experience with your clients do you have some examples of where things have gone smoothly and 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 you know because of the using the right configuration the right software the and the right investment things have worked out very well and and the workforce are happy with it yes we've worked with a number of clients this year on their kind of hybrid slash home working solutions i think one of the most successful deployments was to us the 200 user industry leading manufacturer who actually have three different businesses as part of their group business so they all work slightly differently when the pandemic hit, they obviously furloughed an, an awful lot of, of people. But as they started coming back into work, they were scrabbling around trying to find people that would sell them laptops, which were at that point global shortage of, of laptops, couldn't find them. They had connectivity problems to various key systems within the business when people, certain people were working from home. They certainly did have some concerns over security because 
quite a lot of their designs could be considered to be very confidential in terms of it being to do with wastewater and the water network and that type of thing. So they were really concerned about how they would tackle this because they just weren't addressing the problem. And they had a lot of legacy applications as well. So these aren't these are sort of purpose built for them, not off your shelf applications. We, over the course of a couple of weeks, transitioned them onto Windows Virtual Desktop, managed by us. So the commitment we made was we're going to improve the way that you connect to your corporate applications uh, and the way that users access your data. We're going to facilitate a way of connecting to that data that doesn't mean you need to own a corporate device if they don't have them or if you can't get them, you can use your own device. And we're going to ensure that you're not burdened by the overhead of having to manage it. And we look after, we monitor the platform for them all week long. When there's a problem with it, we also, through a combination of people, process and technology, I guess, have an ability to troubleshoot where the issues lie. So we use technology effectively just to say, okay, John, who's working from home, is experiencing really poor performance on his virtual desktop but everybody else seems to be okay we have technology that can sort of analyze his user journey to pinpoint that actually it's his home broadband that's causing the bottleneck and maybe you know the kids need to stop streaming netflix for an afternoon or or, or maybe he needs to go into the office because the, the, the broadband isn't working they've been really really pleased with it uh, as, a, as a rollout they they've acknowledged that it's improved the way that they're working it's giving them new ideas as to how they could maybe use this technology for other purposes globally across the business. And we're really excited about that, where that might go next, but it certainly helped them throughout this period. And, it, and it's also seen as a long-term step for them as well, which we're really pleased about. Toby, it's, it's, it's obviously good uh, to hear a success story there, but um, what, what would your advice be, you know, to an IT professional listening to this who's sort of faced with this issue of trying to uh, create a, a, a good, efficient hybrid working environment? I and mean, where, where should they start? Well, cloud-based services are a good test case because, as Mike mentioned previously, you can stand up a pilot and tear it down in a very cost-effective manner in a very short period of time. I think investing in on-premise technology at this point is slightly risky in that if you've never delivered that previously, it's a big investment to make to dip your toe in the water. I would suggest that they should start with a cloud-based service, which allows them to test the functionality, uh, run a proof of concept, see if it fits their business requirements. And if not, they've made no long-term investments. Good. And I guess it would be sensible if, if they you know, if they get some advice from people like you who have a lot of experience of this. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we've been delivering virtual desktop solutions, both on-premise and cloud-based for a long time. So yes, I would say advice is, uh, is probably a good starting point then. You've been listening to the Foundation IT podcast with me, Dave Harris, and my expert guests, Toby Skerritt and Mike Starnes from Foundation IT. If you've enjoyed the podcast and found Toby and Mike's insight useful, then please tell your colleagues and friends and share and subscribe to hear future episodes of the Foundation IT podcast. For more information about Foundation IT and their managed IT services, visit their website at www.foundation-it.com. We look forward to you joining us for another podcast soon. 
But in the meantime, stay well and thanks for listening.